0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talked to Ben Adler about his new tool, Keyword Chef. You might remember Ben from a previous interview. We talked about, I think he sold a website. Honestly, I don't remember what we talked about, but I'm pretty sure we did eventually mention that he did sell a website. He is the founder over at Affiliate Niche Builders, and he has a Facebook group, which I'm a member of, but you know me and Facebook, I'm basically not on there, unless I have to be for some reason. So he has a Facebook group with 6,300 members, affiliate niche builders, and it's it's very active. People seem nice there. That's what I've heard. And we talk about his tool today. So Keyword Chef, and basically he created a tool from scratch he used his sort of methods and, quote, recipes, right? It's a branding thing. He has a chef logo, and then he also has these recipes. So he has 700 recipes, which you can think of as filters. So a lot of times if you go to a keyword research tool, you may end up with a huge number of keywords and you may not know how to filter them. So these 700 recipes make it easy for you. There's a few different categories you could check out. And basically we talk about why he created the tool. We talk about some of the pros and cons. And I actually revisited some of my old software project management days and started asking him about testing and how he does the development and the whole software development life cycle. Which ended up being uh, kind of funny, and hopefully I didn't beat up on Ben too much because I, well, as a project manager in that whole world, so I have very specific thoughts about things. But anyway, he's he's a great dude, and I'm going to quit rambling on. Send it over to the interview right now. Hey Ben, how's it going today? Hey Doug. Good, how are you? Doing awesome, and you've been on the the show at least once, maybe two times before, but for the folks that don't know you, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, I'm Ben, I build niche websites.
1: Right now I run two. I had one for like five years that I sold that I did an interview with you with. And then I run a Facebook group, and then right now I'm building a tool called Keyword Chef to help people find keywords.
0: And what was your day job before that? I so I have a programming background
1: programming professionally for about 10 years and then I left a few years ago to do my own thing. And I've been on, been on my own for about three years so far.
0: Okay, cool. And what, what kind of software did you write or was it a combination of stuff like many people that are in development?
1: Yeah. Uh, we built learning management systems for insurance companies.
0: Okay. Exciting stuff.
1: Yeah. So, like MetLife would be a client, and then their employees could sign on to the portal that we built and take training to learn how to sell insurance, basically.
0: Yeah. And can you just take us back, just real quick, to your first exposure to affiliate marketing and content sites and kind of how you got started, just the, you know, sort of quick, abridged uh, two minute version?
1: Yeah. So, it was like maybe six years ago. And, I was trying to think of business ideas and I was looking on Reddit on their, uh, I think it was like the entrepreneur subreddit. And I was just browsing and then I saw someone with a crappy looking vacuum cleaner website who said he was making $500 a month. And then I looked at the website and it didn't look good at all. It had like an obvious obvious fake persona with like stock photos and stuff. So I was like, oh, this website is crap. I could make a better one. So I, so I did, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. Um, so I tried two weird niches that didn't work out and then um, my third niche was in the arts and craft niche and then um, every day I would come home from my work job and then I would open up my laptop and then work until I went to bed. And I just did a lot of research, I reviewed pretty much every product in my market. And then after six months, you know, I got my first sale and then it was up for upward from there. And then um, it had ups and downs, that website. And then I finally sold it uh, last year, which I'm actually happy to get rid of. Because <laughs> sure. I, I didn't want to work on it anymore. So.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I have one of those right now where I actually was a case study in people that are on my newsletter and or may have heard me talk about it on the podcast. I basically just kind of got bored doing some of the activities and just let it sit there and you know it's one of those things it's a sunk cost and it's tough to ignore what you spent on it but it's just better to you know potentially sell it sometimes if you're bored and you want to work on something else so that said we're talking about keyword chef here and there's a lot of keyword research tools out there there must be you know six or seven pretty prominent ones that I can think of off the top of my head so why spend the time to create a new keyword research tool?
1: Yeah, there are a lot of tools out there and people ask, you know, what makes Keyword Chef different? So a couple of things. One, I built this tool for myself and it's to replicate my own process I was using to find higher volume, but lower competition keywords. So in my own process, I came up with all these little formulas I would plug into Google auto suggest and I kept track of these little formulas and my tool uses about 700 of these little formulas or recipes I like to call them. So I plug these in and it, it I organize a keyword, so they're all relevant. So a lot, a lot of these other tools, um, they boast about how large their database is like 2 billion keywords. And if you run a report, you'll get 10,000 words back. But the problem is, you still need to sort through these keywords and they're full of junk. So, you know, if I search for pizza, as a publisher, I'm not gonna be ranking for pizza near me, or that's a local keyword. So I actually, I've gone through thousands of keywords and I combed through all the junk keywords. So you can be sure that the keywords that are returned are actually useful for you as a publisher. (laughs) And not as a local e-commerce store or an online store. And then one thing I think about is what's the search intent of this keyword? Are they asking a question? Are they looking to buy something? Are they looking for a list? And then I organize all the keywords into uh, buckets based on search intent. So those are the two main, two main things is getting rid of all the junk keywords and then organizing the keywords by search intent.
0: Okay. Got it. So that, Basically, it filters out and then sorts in a thoughtful way for people that have content websites. So typically, those are affiliate sites and or display ad sites, essentially, right? Okay. Yeah. And these 700 recipes, as you call them, to stick with the chef branding, where did you come up with those? Uh, Some of them, I just collected over my
1: time doing manual keyword research. And then um, I've gotten some from other sources as well. I don't wanna give away my uh, secret sauce, but.
0: Okay, what I was (laughs) gonna say, I mean, I, I was curious, I'm like, what What do you give away? Because this is like, um, you know, it's the proprietary data, right, the pri- proprietary information on the, the filters that you do, but you know, I've done, uh, say, YouTube videos and I've shown people, hey, here's exactly the filters I run on X tool, and so so why not share them? Why is it so special?
1: I think that's like the core of my tool, and it's like, I, for comp- for competition reasons, I don't want someone coming along and do the same thing as me.
0: Right. Got it. So from, from that point, right? So you, you found some sources out there. um, You came up with a bunch on your own and I guess like if people wanted to not create competition for you, obviously to create a software tool is actually, it's just really a a ton of work, right? I mean, not many people are actually going to do it. However, you're, the competitors that are established may say, oh yeah, you could turn on this filter if you're doing these kind of sites. So I respect that. But it, do you have any tips for people to come up with these on their own? Was there any like thought process you went through other than just many hours behind the uh, laptop trying to figure out keyword phrases that fit the search intent for the kind of site you're building?
1: Just look at the keywords that you find and then like make that into a formula. So the most common ones are like, what oh, I do or what is or how come, but if you just go on Google and you can look at like, people also ask and like look at the sentence structure that the people also ask section is using and see if you can come up that with a formula for that question. That's just one way you could do it um, just by looking at existing keywords.
0: Okay, and then one of the ones that I talk about all the time is best product type for an application or best product type for a user. And then you could basically apply that across any niche and it's product related. Yeah. And that's a very popular way to do it. Okay, great. So I'm curious, I used to do software project management. So what does your team look like? Are you doing all the coding and the you know requirements and testing and all the QA? Uh, who else are you working with?
1: Uh, just me right now, my customers do a lot of the QA (laughs) when they report a bug, but it's just me and it's, uh, never enough time sometimes it feels like.
0: So when you, when you got started, did you actually go through the the full, uh, software life cycle where you, you looked at, Hey, I'm going to actually write requirements and I'm going to have test cases lined up with those and just do the full thing. Or are you uh, running fast and loose since it's a one man situation?
1: Yeah, I just started building it, and I just tweaked as I went along. Okay. I didn't have like a. I didn't create a layout at first, and then build it based on my layout. I kind of just built it
0: without the layout. Okay, so you and you did no requirements. You just started coding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's bananas, man. I was talking to someone today who who works in software, and they're now in our affiliate marketing world, and he was uh, just talking about the the process, and we were slightly frustrated with, not you specifically, been obviously, but we, we were like, hey, some people are out there coding, and they're pushing out basically live changes into the production environment where real paying users are using it, and uh, I was like, yeah, it's bananas, so you're telling me you didn't write requirements, you didn't do test cases, <laughs> you just started coding. Is that yeah. right? yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop with that line of questioning, but the other software people probably understand. So h- how do you manage it? How do you test it? How do you do regression testing for the people that don't know? Regression testing is when you make a change or a, f- a feature update and you test the core old functionality that maybe you didn't even change, but you, you test it because you could have broken anything when you, when you uh, change the code. So how do you manage the testing in QA? Yeah,
1: well, I do testing myself. So I just I smoke test the core features to make sure the core features aren't broken. And then uh, sometimes I'll have like a bug. Like it's not a huge bug, but you know people will report it, and that's how we find it, find out about these bugs as well. Got it.
0: Okay. So thanks for letting me light you up there. We sure. didn't prepare ahead of time. I am I'm always curious about the software uh, side, especially for you know someone that's bootstrapping and they're, they're making their own, uh, tool from scratch. And it is very difficult to do what you're doing and it's difficult to do your own testing too. So good good job on that. And honestly, I mean, one of the best ways to get real feedback on any bugs that are out there is what you're doing. And that's to have real users out there, uh, beating up the tool basically. So, okay. Very good. Now, any specific challenges with writing this from from scratch and trying to figure out how to market it and all those things that go along with it? Anything that went different than you expected so far?
1: There are a few challenges. One is when you're building a SEO tool, you're you're basically dealing with a whole bunch of data and Uh, Data costs money and it needs to be organized and people need to make sense of it. So part of the challenge was like, how how can I make this tool more affordable for my users without me spending a whole bunch of money on data costs and running too thin for myself? So that that was like a challenge, like coming up with like getting costs down and then coming coming up with a reasonable pricing plan for my customers. And I actually struggled with this for a few weeks and I, I think I finally figured it out because some of my features, they actually are quite more expensive than other features I have in the tool. And it's more expensive features are, they're very powerful, but not everybody cares to spend the extra money using them. So I was struggling with like, do I come out with a premium tool where I just keep this more expensive feature and I push away these other people, or do I not have that premium feature and just have a more basic tool that there's, it's less special, basically? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I finally figured out a way where I can come up with like different pricing plans, whether or not you want these premium features. So I can I can still target both groups of people. Okay, gotcha. Well, so that was and- like a big, uh, relief for me when I figured that out. <laughs>
0: What is the uh, pricing plan? Cause I think there's no monthly uh, plan specifically. So how did, how did you organize it?
1: Yeah. uh, So you basically right now you pay per keyword that is returned in your report. So if you search for camping and you get a thousand keywords back, you would basically pay for those keywords It would cost a thousand credits.
0: Okay. So it's a very pure usage. And I think uh, Keywords Everywhere does like a similar plan, I think, where you pay for actually the output that you get. All right. And have the users been pretty responsive with that plan? Do you have much feedback on avoiding a monthly payment? Yeah, um, I like to
1: stick with pay-as-you-go. I know that I'm a publisher, too. I know that publishers, they might only do keyword research like once a month sometimes and or they might not even do keyword research during a month and people don't want to be paying for tools they're not using. So I I thought pay as you go was the most fair and it was more of a direct relationship with my cost too. It just made sense to do that. And I, I like to be different from all the other tools as well. So all these other tools, they have uh monthly plans, but if I'm like, Pay as you go, you know, that's, you know, that's, people recognize that. Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Definitely the majority have a monthly plan and then they'll have some discount for annual. So a lot of times people will go for that because it's something like, you know, 15, 20% cheaper many times. This episode is brought to you by Ezoic. Ezoic. Ezoic is a Google certified partner and they've recently rolled out their new site speed accelerator. Basically, it speeds up your your site. It makes it load faster and you really see a huge improvement most of the time with the Google PageSpeed Insight score. Now, if you already have a high Page Insight score, then... It's not going to go up as much, but I had experience with uh, one of my sites. Basically, it went from the high 20s, low 30s to the high 90s just by implementing the site speed accelerator. Now, a few people have asked me about using Ezoic and basically using their DNS. The best way you can use the site speed accelerator and Ezoic in general is to use their DNS. And the reason why is you're able to use their caching and their CDN. That's a content delivery network. Basically those are services. Those are things you would typically have to pay for separately, but it's included with the SiteSpeed accelerator. There's a free seven day trial. So I encourage you to check it out. And pe- again, people are concerned about using the DNS of some other third party, but basically if you use a CDN, that is what you do. That's like the thing that happens. If you use a CDN, you have to use another DNS and things are loading sort of outside of your normal registrar and your hosting account, but it helps your site load faster. So it's sort of implicit and I do it myself. So I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If you're using a CDN, then you're using other uh, servers to load your site anyway. This is a site speed accelerator, so you need to use caching in the CDN. Thus, you have a much faster loading site. So there's no harm in checking out the free seven-day trial. And thanks again to Ezoic. From a functionality standpoint, are there any cool things that Keyword Chef does that maybe... Other tools don't, or very few of them do. Maybe, um, yeah, I'll just leave it open. What, what kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, one of the biggest features is you get to see a real-time preview of the search engine results for the keyword. So a lot of people, myself included, we do, um, when we're doing competition analysis, we'll actually look at the search ourselves and not rely on just a competition score that these other tools will show you. So while you're in my tool, you can hover over uh, the little SERP icon and it will tell you uh, the top 10 sites outranking and it will highlight the easy or weaker sites that you can outrank easily. So it's, it replicates very much so the manual process of of doing competition analysis.
0: Okay. And so it pulls it real time. Is that pretty uh, processor intensive or... Much of a delay, what can people expect for that data?
1: Yeah, um, average, is it takes about three seconds to pull up that data. It is my most expensive uh, feature right now for myself. And then if you are a paying user, as opposed to like a free trial user, um, you can click a button and get all the SERPs loaded for your entire report in one click. You can actually sort by how many sites have the most easy ranking websites on them. So okay. you can, you can really instantly find like low competition keywords and a few clicks at a massive bulk scale using Keyword Chef. Got it.
0: And any other features like that that are kind of special? Maybe not
1: special, but I do clustering as well. So I have this little, uh, filter button that you can click and it will get all the most common words in your report and put them into groups. So if I search for uh, camping and then a lot of the keywords might contain uh, sleeping bag. So I can just click sleeping bag and see all the keywords that have sleeping bag um, in them. So I can just build clusters around the word sleeping bag if I wanted.
0: Okay, and actually go- going back to like just using the tool like in a general sense, would someone just go in and type in camping or would they type in something more specific like sleeping bag or tent or something like that?
1: Yeah, it works both ways. Either broad searches like camping, which you'll get like thousands of results back all organized, or you can just do sleeping bag if you want it. So depending on what you're looking for, you, you can use both types of searches.
0: Okay, and then with some of the filtering and some of the different options you have, you could say, I just want questions or informational type topics. And then you, it would filter out all the others and you would just have a distilled version of that list. Is that right? Yeah, exactly.
1: So if you just, if you're searching for a sleeping bag, you can get just questions back. Or if you just wanted all the best of keywords for a sleeping bag, you can, you can do that too.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I, I have a site right now where I'm, working on it with a case on a case study and I need more informational keywords. So I'll probably give it a spin and, and check it out see what we can get. I'm curious because I have heard di- different pieces of information about where keyword search volume data comes from. So where does keyword chef get the search volumes? Yeah, it was
1: coming from a uh, Google uh, keyword planner. There's another source I'm using. If, Uh, the keyword planner doesn't have that data because if you uh, look up things like related to coronavirus or any of these banned keywords, um, you're not going to get the search volume. But with Keyword Chef, you can still get the search volume as those keywords.
0: Okay. So there's like an API available for the keyword planner from Google?
1: Yep. I mean, it's not by... Google, but there's, there's services out there that you can okay. get the data from. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: And is that where most of the companies get the data, like other keyword research tools?
1: Um, Most likely. I've, I've tried out a couple of different services and they both got their data from Keyword Planner.
0: Okay. So it's somehow, so it's not an actual API from Google. It's another company that's saying, okay. and The reason why I'm asking is there was some. I, I don't even remember the company. I didn't uh, know this was going to come up or research this, but there was a company who was basically taking data from users of Chrome, uh, and it, there were that there was that much usage from these. Extensions on Chrome that they had search data, so it was basically you know a big security issue and privacy issue, and I think that company went away. Did does that ring a bell? Is it? Do do you remember hearing about this? I did hear hear about that. Yeah, I know.
1: I don't know the company name either, but okay. I heard a story about
0: that. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's kind of odd, and then it makes sense. Like, oh, that's where you know companies get their data and they were buying it for years. And then this company got busted and essentially <laughs> disappeared. I'll see if I could find a link for the people and put a <laughs> check the show notes. And I may have found the, the story on this, but I I always wondered because I I wasn't aware. I I thought I always thought that the data came from Google and Google distributed that, but obviously they they don't. And other companies have figured out how to layer an API and and extract the data from Google in a way that Google hasn't uh, shut it off. Okay, that's crazy. Is um, that, they might is have that the, accurate. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: that's, that's what I'm doing. They might have their own API, but it might be only for like certain purposes and stuff. Okay.
0: Yeah. I always wondered about that. Okay. And anything else interesting with like, uh, getting data for the, the tool, um, just in general, from a data
1: perspective, getting data, not really. I did forget to mention one of our cool features is like the wild card search, which a lot of other tools don't do. You can actually use wild cards with keyword chef. So, You can type, if you're in the dog niche, you can type in uh, can dogs eat and then ampersign. And that will fill in the ampersign with like all the keywords. So you can find like can dogs eat pizza or can dogs eat uh, bacon. Uh, And so if you find a pocket, if you found a pocket of keywords that you really want to focus on, you can do that too. And these other tools, you can't do wildcard search because their databases are like, you know, two billion keywords and it would be way too data intensive for them to be able to allow something like that.
0: Right. You'd have to pull uh, a subset, right? You'd have to find a bunch of keywords, get it into your CSV, and then you could filter, you know, like uh, however you wanted it and, and do a more sophisticated search if you wanted to. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But within... Within Keyword Chef, you can just put in various wildcards and do a little, uh, just better searches. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. All right. A- any other interesting things in the development process? This is the first tool that you've created, right?
1: I tried two other tools, um, but this is like this is my most successful so far, and my first one that actually launched. Awesome. What, what were the other tools, if you're able to share? Prior to this was a, uh, a widget for car dealership websites where if you're looking at a vehicle page, it would show the salespeople that work at the store. And it had a little bio. So the idea was to connect a customer with the uh, salesperson right away and build that rapport and connection. And the customer could pick the salesperson they wanted to work with. Because if you just walk into a dealership, you get a random person that is working with you as a salesperson. But sometimes women might want to work with other women, or you know, if I only speak Spanish, you know, I can't talk to a sales rep that doesn't know Spanish. Um, sure. so it's to like connect the customer with the right salesperson to help make that sale easier for everybody. I still think it's a good idea, except you know, I was breaking into the car dealership industry. Like I never worked at a car dealership, I didn't have any connections. Like, I'm not a salesperson, <laughs> and it's a very competitive industry. Like, these sales managers, like get bombarded with emails and calls all day, and it's like, <laughs> I'm just like another person on top of that email bombardment and cold calling bombardment. So it was, it was very hard to break into an industry I wasn't in, and these car dealership web they already have a bunch of other widgets on them. So, I'm competing for like clicks on that webpage with these other tools from other vendors. So it's like, it's hard to measure performance in that regard too. People only want to pay for things that are working. It was a good learning experience. I'm thankful for it, but it just wasn't working out for me. Sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah, it would be tough to, to break in. And I mean, I, I don't buy cars often, so I'm not a good person to uh, talk to about it, of course. But yeah, just thinking, you pretty much have to be a salesperson to go in and s- sell the software to people who sell shit all day. So <laughs> it's a yeah, exactly. tough, tough industry. Yeah. Um,
1: if awesome. I knew someone already in the industry, it might be easier because I could use their connections.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but just going at it cold was hard.
0: Yep. Awesome. Well, anything else in the development process or marketing wise? Right now, I'm just like, you know, people are helping me out because
1: I've been in the community with building these websites. So I'm very thankful for people who have given me shout out so far, but right now I'm just like focused on product development. Um, I know there's like a lot of other tools out there. So like, I, I my idea, I want my tool to work really well, like for it to survive. You know, I can't just come up with a, uh, half baked research tool that doesn't really work. There's too much competition for that. So I'm just, working on making a really good product that works really well for our customers and then slowly keep the buzz going over time and just make it better and better and create more buzz
0: in the long run. Are there any features that you're looking to add and as a preface, I think one of the good things and I think from talking to you, Ben, this is kind of your approach as well, It's simple. You don't have a lot of options and it does its thing really well. So uh, it can be tempting to add more and more scope. So are there any things that you're looking to add or are you just looking to keep it kind of what it's doing, just do a better job with that?
1: Yeah, uh, I just want to focus on keywords right now. I don't plan on doing ranking or spying on your competitors schema or anything like that. One of the features is like you can add your own keywords and it will analyze the SERP results in bulk for those keywords. So if you got keywords from another tool or you did your own scraping or whatever, you can still analyze those keywords in the Keyword Chat. So that's one feature. And then um, I wanna make it really smart. So most other tools, they don't even take into account search intent, Um, they treat all the keywords the same. But my idea is to, like, actually figure out what the keyword means when someone searches for it and then, like, give them better results based on what the actual keyword means. So if someone types in, like, uh, dog, I can say, oh, that's I know what a dog is, so I can I can show better I can get better keywords for dog, basically, if that that makes
0: sense. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people should probably give it a spin. Is there any kind of free trial or anything like that where people can check it out?
1: Yeah. So if you sign up, you can get 1,000 free credits. You know, if you're searching for something and you get like 2,000 results, but you only had 1,000 credits, basically the extra 1,000 are free. That's just the way I do it. Um, Because I'm not going to prevent someone from searching for what they want. Sure. Just because we have like they're they're two credits short, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Gotcha. Um, okay. That's cool. Yep. That's cool. So people could check it out. They get a thousand free keywords, and we won't mention pricing here because it could change in the future anyway. So um, yeah, we'll of course link up stuff. And, and you have a fairly sizable Facebook group as well. You want to plug that?
1: Yeah, Yes. On Facebook, it's called Affiliate Niche Builders. It has sixty three hundred members. Uh, It's very active and it, we're just like a real genuine community of helping each other out.
0: Awesome. Very cool. And I will give you one more, uh, you know, was there anything else interesting or anything else you want to share before we finish up?
1: No, uh, check out keyword chef and let me know how you like it because feedback is super important when someone is building like a new tool in an industry. Um, So if you have like good feedback or bad feedback, you know, let me know and, I think listening to customers is super important.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Ben. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Thanks to Ben Adler. Definitely go check out Keyword Chef. There's a free trial, so there's no harm in checking it out. And I'm not even an affiliate. He doesn't have an affiliate program set up yet, but it's just worth it to go check it out, especially if you're not using any other tool right now and you're looking for something relatively inexpensive. Now on to the niche website builders Q&A segment. So I have niche website builders helping me out with content. I get 20,000 words per month and I have been for, I think it's been like seven months now and I have a shotgun skyscraper campaign running as well. I'm using the budget option and they've recently sort of changed the offering and they're a little more explicit about exactly what you get. And the reason why is the shotgun skyscraper campaign has some variable there. You don't know what you're going to get. You could get a ton of links. You might not get as many as you were expecting or something like that. So they are actually changing it. So you get a certain number of links and they'll keep sending the emails out and doing the outreach until you get that number of emails. So thanks to niche website builders. And let's get to the first question. This is from Daryl. Daryl shot me an email and said, I thought you might have some advice on hosting. And he's wanting to get away from his current hosting and he wanted to get a VPS. That's a virtual private server. He says, I know you used to recommend SiteGround, but I can't see a VPS option there. My current shared hosting is $218 per year, and they want $670 for VPS, which he thinks is expensive. He wants my thoughts on VPS and the pricing and so forth, and he's looking for something, something, da 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 da. Okay, well, the other part is irrelevant to this hosting, so... Basically, I replied back with this. I asked him, why do you need VPS hosting? He, was, he mentioned that he was making about 100 bucks per month or so. So that tells me it's a relatively, uh, not necessarily a young site, but it tells me there's not a ton of traffic, most likely. So my question is, why the heck do you need a VPS? I don't think he does. So I told him I generally use semi-dedicated hosting. So it's usually called cloud hosting. I think in some of the companies that I used back in the day, it was called semi-dedicated, but people call it cloud hosting now. And it's not quite VPS, but there are fewer domains on a given server. For example, if you have shared hosting, go check to see how many other domains and websites are hosted on that same IP address. There's a good chance it'll be in the hundreds, probably under a thousand, but it'll probably be in the hundreds. And it's kind of remarkable that many people are sharing a server, but they split up the time and you only get a little fraction of the memory and the processing power. So the semi-dedicated, usually I find there's less than 10 sites. And it depends on the company, of course, but many times you'll end up with very few, just a handful of people on that server. So you end up with more processing power, more memory, and your site loads faster because of that, because you have a faster server response time. So I told Daryl, I really like MDD hosting. That's a small company. Generally, it's cheaper than the big names. I really like the Cloud 2 or Cloud 4 options over at MDD Hosting, they actually do have VPS, but it's fairly expensive. And I think the cheapest one was probably close to $100 per month. And I don't think Daryl necessarily gets enough traffic to require VPS. And in this particular VPS, it's probably just a little too expensive for what he's aiming for. And it's, well, it's twice as expensive, roughly, as the other option that he was looking at. I also mentioned that I do use SiteGround and I have just as many accounts with SiteGround as I do with MDD. And SiteGround's a little bit more expensive; it's a bigger company. I typically recommend manage WordPress or the cloud hosting from SiteGround. There's different options throughout, but generally, if you're if you're getting something that's not the cheapest shared hosting, you're going to get a much better server response time. So just get out of that cheapest tier of hosting and you're probably going to do much better on site load time and you're going to be happier with the service. I do caution you from signing up with the cheapest companies that you could possibly sign up for. Usually that'll end up with some sort of a headache at the end of the day. Most of the time, if things are going great, there's not going to be a problem. You won't need help. But when you do need help, that's when it's important that you're at a company that actually provides good technical support so you can get help. If your site goes down, if you're having trouble with maybe a plugin wrecked your whole, whole installation and you're going to have to go to a backup and you didn't back it up offsite. By the way, you should back it up offsite. If you're in that situation, there's a good chance a strong, qualified technical support admin will be able to help you out and that's where the cheap companies kind of fail or if you're going with some sort of a reseller hosting that you you didn't realize it was a reseller and you're just you're signed up and you try to get help and they they don't help you it's kind of a bummer and anyway go with those those are two companies that I like MDD and SiteGround I'm an affiliate for both but I literally use both of those I have been approached by a number of companies and I, frankly, I just don't have time to test them out. The other thing is they always try to lure you in with, hey, we're going to pay you $100 for each new sign up and that sort of thing. So when you have that monetary incentive, it could be tempting to go and really push a specific hosting company. But as a user of website hosting, I know what a pain it is to sign up, Realize it's not what you thought it was going to be. And then you have to migrate somewhere else. We're really kind of a a bummer, especially when you know the person that recommended it is getting a big kickback. So very, very cautious about that kind of stuff. Thanks to niche website builders. And if you want to save 10%, you can use my link for the link building packages those are the things you can save 10% on. And if you get any of the content packages, you'll get an additional 10% so that it'll cost the same for the content packages, but you'll get 10% more content, more word count, you know? So thanks to niche website builders. And even if you're not in the market yet for those services, go over there, send them a message, just let them know that you appreciate them sponsoring the show. I'm going to jump off here now. I think my voice is slowly degrading. I've talked quite a bit today, so I'm just going to fade out real easy. Have a good day out there. We'll catch you on the next episode.